tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Speaking of Samsung, do you think you would ever use an Android device? Have you I'm ever d- used an Android phone? Uh, no. I mean, I've tried Android tablets. So I was when I was sort of interested in. Um, you know, I'm talking years ago when there was like the, was it the, like the Google Nexus? Yeah, um, the Nexus stuff was the best. Yeah, the Nexus and, and Seven was, was one of the best tablets ever. But besides, it was iPad. from that era when yeah. when there when there were proper rivals to the iPad Mini, um, and that's all I've I've ever really um, uh, given Android a chance with. Um, but it is something I I would be interested to do. But it's an yeah. ecosystem thing at the end of the day. Yeah, that's the thing that makes me like honestly because I get so bored sometimes. I would fully switch to like any other phone, you know, and then come back to the iPhone because ultimately. Uh, well, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. The whole point is if there was no ecosystem, like I would switch to any phone just randomly. Whatever we get in and test, I would make the full switch where you put your SIM card in. That becomes your full phone. I don't want to carry two phones all the time. That's kind of annoying. Um, but I just – it's it's iMessage for me is the biggest thing. Uh, and I know you don't – well, you still use iMessage, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm very reliant on it, but I mean, I, I, know, I know a lot of other people in the U.S. are yeah. not. So, yeah, well, well, it's it, it's the, the dominant platform, at least in the U.K., is WhatsApp. Yeah. So it would be it would be way easier, and in and in Europe as a whole, really, um, to to be able to switch platforms and not be so reliant on on iMessage. But then something else that I'm I'm really reliant on is Apple Pay. Um, and you know, I, I've got yeah. all that set up. Do I want to go through? Um, yeah. through doing that on a new device. Yeah, it and... takes like 10 minutes. Yeah, but, then, that... but it's all these things though, isn't it? It's, it's, I know. It, it's, if you've got to set up every single thing like that um, and get all your preferences just right. And also, you know, third-party apps even that are, that are not available. So I love Things 3. I yeah. do everything in Things 3. What am I going to do on Android? Um, Switch to Todoist. even an Apple thing. Yeah. Yes, and that's, you know, that's the issue. Um and I'd love to give it a go one day, and one day I will because I think I need to, you know, peek over the fence and really see um, what is going on because I think it would give me a more balanced understanding. Uh, but I don't know if this year is going to be the the year. Um, you know, what I'm seeing of these these new devices doesn't strike me as the most sort of uh, sort of practical, <clears throat> enticing upgrades. What if I told you this was the Samsung Galaxy S23? Would you believe me? Eh? Would you believe me? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know the difference. Exactly. Um, so I would believe you. No, no, I'm not going to do that because, to Samsung's defense, how many times does? Well, actually, I don't know if it's a defense. It's not Samsung's fault by any means um, that they finally did what Apple does, which is just make a you know a, a performance bump. It's a phone that's not meant for people that already have the previous one because for a while. Samsung's just kind of every year had some sort of design change, some sort of major new feature, 
And that just didn't happen this year. They finally took a page out of Apple's book and just kind of refined and, you know, invested in the cameras and not a lot of, like, visual, quote-unquote, sexy changes. And so, no, this is actually just the S22 Ultra, but it looks, uh, you know, exactly the same as the S23 Ultra. And pretty much the other two phones in that lineup look the same. And how many times do Samsung fans, that's where we blame them, Samsung fans come over to Apple and be like, it looks exactly the same. Or it's the meme of like, you know, iPhone users getting excited for the new one and they're holding the same thing. Like, this is, we can start doing the same thing now. We can, we can start throwing it back, but I'm going to be the bigger person. And also I just, this isn't a phone that's meant for somebody who already owns the previous version. This is like. You know, I know people that are still rocking a Samsung Galaxy S9 Plus. Like, it's time for you to upgrade. And if you want to stay in that ecosystem, this is this is where you go. And it makes a pretty substantial difference and a, a pretty big jump. Um, but they did do some work to the cameras. Does a 200 megapixel uh, main sensor do anything for you? I mean, we made a big deal about the 48 on the iPhone 14. So We did. But I think that, uh, you know, this, this, is, this is the default internet camera comment which is megapixels are not everything mm-hmm. um and 200 i don't i don't believe that anyone needs 200 megapixels no um so but it's, uh, it's it just has a spec, its... isn't it? yeah um you know it will have its fair share of advantages but is there going to yeah, be like, a mega like video recording and, yes um you know a, a level of detail that you can obtain when when cropping in I, I appreciate those sorts of things um it's just if hypothetically if i was choosing between two iphone models so if i kind of move this into my world um and i was choosing between an iphone with a 48 megapixel camera or a 200 megapixel camera i wouldn't care because the 48 has given me that that bump that i needed <laughs> you know apple would make you care for that 200 megapixel camera they would make you care well that's yeah that's 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 the other side of it whether there's a whether there's a good um whether it's well presented behind what is going into it and i think that that's what i've taken away from seeing this minor spec bump is yes apple has done that um in in previous years but i feel like even the most minor s year upgrades with the exception of the iphone 10s which we've talked we've talked about before because i have such a vendetta against the iphone 10s but all the other sort of s years i feel like were fairly rounded upgrades that introduced features in a range of areas whereas this does seem to be almost entirely what camera upgrades um the chip and satellite connectivity yeah for the for the most part there's some new uh ui features but that is going to come across the board but they are getting their own focus modes and I am kind of curious to see if that's better. And I'm fully expecting it to be better than Apple's just because you know Android and customization, like that's its thing. Yeah. And so I, I fully expect them to allow you to be able to customize it in a way that you just can't do it on the iPhone. And I personally feel like there needs to be just a little bit more flexibility and options when it comes to Apple's focus modes. But I mean, I don't think anybody's super interested in focus modes on a new phone but maybe well, I, i'm in, I, i'm interested in focus modes sure. but my my question about that would be the thing that makes focus modes work as a whole is the fact that i can turn it on on my apple watch and it is on all of my other devices it's on well, my max my ipads is that is that going to be the case so i don't know 100 percent. i can look into this but um 
So for those of you who don't know, I was able to go out to New York, what, last week and check out all these devices ahead of time before they uh, announced everything yesterday. And one of the big things that the a lot of the reps and everybody were stressing about was how, like, ecosystem and, and they kept saying ecosystem. So we talk about, like, getting out of Apple's ecosystem to go try something else and there's flexibility where it looks as if everyone else wants to make their own to keep you involved, which, I mean, makes sense. That's a good business model. Uh, if you're going to buy a Samsung phone, why not get their Galaxy Watch and their Galaxy Buds and their Galaxy Books? And it just makes sense. And so, uh, yeah, they they use that word a lot and they wanted everything to be cohesive and work together. So I would be very shocked if that didn't work that way, right? I'd have to, I'd have to, <clears throat> I'd have to see how that was that was working because focus modes. I really like them, but I also hate them. They're one of the, the those those features in in iOS, um, or well, I suppose across Apple's platforms that I just sometimes it just works so well, and other times it just feels so unfinished. Well, so I think it'd be fascinating to see how they approach this, um, yeah, you know, in a different system. I, well, I didn't know. So another thing about this is when you kind of head in there, like you, um, I don't know. I don't know how much I can really talk about it, but I, I, I don't know anything going into this. You know, I just know that I'm going to see some phones and, uh, you know, they, they did do some briefings, but like maybe I missed it, but I didn't know a lot of the new software features. They didn't really highlight a lot of that. Uh, so it's very possible that's on me and I missed it, but I didn't know what to look for, so I didn't know that that was there, so I didn't get to like play around with it or test it. But my hope is that when you do set up these, it's called modes and routines or something like that, I believe. Um, and when you do set up these routines and things, uh, it's just an easier way to do it. Like, I want, I like the idea of just using a focus mode to where it just changes home screens based on where I'm at. But it doesn't work that well on the iPhone. For some reason, for me, it's like I go home and my home setting's not turning on. And I don't really understand why. And like creating that home screen. Why do I have to already have that home screen created and then turn it off and then go into focus mode and then select that, you know, hundreds of pages of home screens that I've made just for this specific reason? Like, why can't I just go into some sort of editor where it allows you to create that from scratch then and there. I want a blank canvas. I don't want to have to like exit out of that, make a home screen. And also just making a home screen in iOS is horrific compared to other devices. So I don't know. Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but that is, you know, the UI features are always what gets me more so than hardware these days. But um, yeah, so they, they, they upgraded the cameras a lot and performance uh, you know, the new Snapdragon 8 Gen 2 processor, which I think I saw a benchmark saying it's like two times as fast. I don't know if anyone cares or if that really matters these days, but that's a pretty big bump then if that's the case. Um, and yeah, I guess satellite connectivity. But again, that's a feature on the iPhone that I hope I never have to use and I could not care less about it. But yeah, the cameras and then the night modes, the night photo modes, which I'm intrigued to test I'm, I'm intrigued to do like a huge camera test on it but would that be enough do you take a lot of pictures to where you'd be like all right i would switch away from that and go into a totally different ecosystem if you didn't work for mac rumors because i mean you're kind of stuck here but yeah but the the thing that would attract that always does attract me to uh tip, dip my toe in android is is never actually these devices it's the the fold and the flip okay um because if, if I'm if I'm going to make that effort, I want a proper change of form factor 
that is offering something materially different in my hand in the way that I use it. Um, and it's those devices that do seem to be pushing in a more interesting direction to me at least and and do offer something um, a little bit refreshing from an iPhone user's perspective. Um, so I, I think that that will be the thing for me when I make that jump. I've seen a lot of people making the jump from the Fold to this, the, the Ultra, which is interesting. There's just a lot of comments on people's videos and another big kind of, not scandal, but like things that people are upset about is the trade-in values. Samsung used to have incredible trade-in values. Uh, they really valued their own devices to where you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, I could basically upgrade every year and pay just a couple hundred bucks and... Uh, you know, it's basically like the old days where remember you would have to pay like two hundred dollars from your from Verizon, but then like the phone was yours. Remember that? You're, or, I don't know. You might be a little too young for this, but I hate to date myself. But uh, about <laughs> ten years ago, uh, in buying phones, yeah, it used to be like one ninety nine or ninety nine dollars, depending on which model you were going to get, and the rest was like just tied to you being on the phone or on that plan for two years. So you, you technically were financing it that way, but you weren't really paying anything extra. You were just tied to being a Verizon user, or at least that's how right. I understood it. Because even 10 years ago when I was in my early twenties, I uh, still didn't pay my phone bill. I milked it off my parents as much as possible. But uh, I, yeah, that, if you wanted a new iPhone, it was like 200 bucks and that's it. I mean, with the understanding that you were stuck with Verizon for two years. Um, and so that's basically what, what the trade-in values are now. And um, now they're valuing like a one-year-old S22 Ultra at 500 bucks for trade-in, which you can get a lot more if you actually sell it to somebody. Uh, the Fold, which was a $2,000 device, is only 800 or 750 750 which is absurd. So I don't know. Well, that's just a leaf out of Apple's book, really, isn't it? Well, right. So, yeah, it's like we got spoiled if you were a Samsung user and if you were looking to upgrade. And so that has all just gone away. And so they do not value their own devices anymore. And they never really valued any of the other competitors besides Apple to be anything worth trading in. Hey, guys, just wanted to take a quick minute to tell you that this episode of The Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, when you're feeling your best self, you can obviously go out and accomplish some great things. But realistically, there's always something out there that might get you overwhelmed or just not feeling like your best self. But if you want to get back to that better version of yourself or just thinking about working with a therapist, you should definitely consider giving BetterHelp a shot. It's incredibly convenient since it's done entirely online and it's also affordable. You can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you want to, you can switch therapists at any time and there's no additional charge. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MacRumors today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MacRumors. So yeah, that's really the S23. I mean, they, they, they focused a lot on... Um, the 200 megapixel camera, which, I mean, I took a couple of pictures. I wasn't able to take the pictures off of the phone uh, and, like, look at them in a different way. But I looked at them after I was done. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of detail when zooming in. And the shutter speed takes, like, three minutes for you to take a picture because it's got a lot of processing going on with that 
excuse me, with that 200 megapixel camera. Um, I did hear that they actually improved, and I've noticed it when I was testing it out. Just the regular camera when you're not taking a 200 megapixel photo, um, it uh, it the one of the biggest things that Samsung could just never figure out apparently was shutter speed and like taking photos rapid fire. I mean, if you ever used your iPhone, you could take photos like incredibly fast and you just couldn't do that. A lot of other Android devices, to be fair, just have that issue. Um, and it seems as if they've kind of figured that out and fixed it. Uh, but if you're using the special modes there, it's it's going to still take a little while. But uh, And then, yeah, nighttime photos, night portraits, and astro hyperlapse, which do you take a lot of astro photo, astrophotography? Night sky? No, I can't. I, I mean, you can't really do it that well on an iPhone, to be honest. No, that's true. So hopefully one one day we'll get that. But uh, now you can take a hyperlapse video. And, uh, I mean, that's really it. That's really the the essence of, you know, the Samsung Galaxy S23 lineup. I'm excited to do a full comparison of the camera and see if it's any better than the iPhone. But other than that, it's pretty much the same as last year. One thing that did stick out to me, um, they released some Galaxy books and uh, they put OLED displays in them. So we can kind of tie this back in with Apple's rumors about, oh, yeah. um, you know, an, a MacBook with an OLED display, which is going to happen when? Ne- Next year? year, I believe. Okay. Would you upgrade to another computer because it has an OLED display? Uh, if it was a Mac, yes. But not if it was uh, not a Mac. Let's just say... I mean, how, I mean, of course, I'm guessing your obvious answer would be yes. But like, let's just say it, the software doesn't matter in this case. But it was just like you're using your, your current display, mini LED. Do you think it's worth jumping to an OLED display? Uh, I think... Well, this, this is basically what I'm planning to do. The, the, I've decided that that is going to be my next upgrade, that that will be um, what, what gives me enough justification to move to a, a new laptop. I currently use the M1 Pro 14-inch MacBook Pro, and that will be the, the natural upgrade for me next year, at the tail end of next year. Okay. Um, so I've already kind of thought this through, that OLED is, is one of the things that it should provide enough of a difference, because I really I care about... Um, even though I'm not editing HDR content or um, anything like that, it's it still is just a meaningful improvement in uh, yeah. in, in visual quality um, that I think is, is worth it. Yeah, I um, I I agree. I have OLEDs. I try to save and buy an OLED for every TV that we have. Um, one year I decided to go just like large and 8K instead, and it's a very good TV. But uh, a little part of me was upset that I didn't just do an OLED TV instead. Um, I, I fully just think the the picture and the video quality that you're watching back is so much better, especially on a TV. And then putting that on a laptop, uh, this is a hot take, but I just think those Galaxy Book laptop displays, those new ones, the OLEDs, are so, they're just really nice. I think they're better than the mini LED. There's a dramatic improvement in my eyes. And it was brief. But I could. It's basically what they did was take their phone displays, which were, in my opinion, already better than any other phone displays out on the market. And Apple has done a really good job. And I mean, they basically 
almost all use the same displays anyways, but Samsung reserves its own uh, to be better than what they're selling to the competition, which makes 100% sense. Um, And so, yeah, I believe that their phone displays are better, and they basically took that and made it into a larger version. I believe it's 16 inches. And uh, it's a 16 by 10 aspect ratio, by the way, which I thoroughly enjoy. And uh, I just think it looks better. I don't know. They kind of were surprised to hear that when I said that out loud, given we're Mac rumors. They just assumed. uh, But, yeah, I fully think it's better. So you're going to make the right upgrade when that happens. But in the meantime, you should go check it out. Yes, I will do. And I think that it will be the thing I'm interested in is really seeing this as a MacBook competitor and whether they can, um, you know, tie that ecosystem uh, together in a little bit more of a meaningful way. Um, That is what has to sell it for me because laptops have really been lagging behind the Mac experience um, in the PC world for a very long time. You know, you you get um, when you buy uh, a smartphone, an Android smartphone, you broadly get a comparable experience to the iPhone. I know you can get into the the, the nitty gritty of whether you get uh, software updates in the same way or specific features that you may or may not have, but ultimately you're like buying something out of the box that's got fairly well optimized software um, and some sort of ecosystem you can buy into. It's a different story with laptops, and I feel like they're they're just starting to get there. We're seeing it, uh, you know, in particular a lot of Microsoft's laptops are also really starting to offer um, meaningful. Uh, MacBook competitors, and even with the way that Microsoft is investing in its own custom silicon. So if Samsung is also pushing that even further, um, then that that can only be a good thing because we want to keep Apple on their toes. Yeah, so uh, when I uh, looked at the specs, I have to admit I had no idea. I'm guessing it's fast and good, but like ever since Apple switched from Intel to its own stuff and like I don't know, we've stopped paying attention, at least I have, and I haven't used an Intel machine in a few years now. So um, when they tell me it's an Intel i9, what, 13th gen chip uh, with a 4080 or 4070, I think it's a 4070. Um, GPU, sorry, couldn't think of the word. Uh, When they start telling me all that, I'm like, yeah, those specs sound good, I guess. I have no idea what that equates to in performance. But apparently those are pretty top-notch specs. So at least the Galaxy Book 3 Ultra um, should be able to, uh, you know, get right up there and be a competitor, I'm guessing. That's another interesting, like, video that I think we should do and just see how it compares to a MacBook. Um, they also had a 360 laptop. I guess this isn't the first time they've done this, but you, know, you can kind of rotate it around and go from a computer to a giant tablet where you can use their S Pen. And then there's just a regular Galaxy Book 3 Pro. That's really it in terms of what Samsung announced yesterday and what we've got. Do you have anything to add else? I mean, I spent 20 minutes on Samsung stuff, so I apologize to anyone out there if they didn't really care. But, you know, it's a slow... Slow time now. We're hitting the the tail end of some new product releases, which I guess is if you don't have anything else, we can jump into HomePods real quick again. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump into HomePod. So, what have you seen out there? I mean, the HomePods are coming out tomorrow. We'll have a video, you know, doing our testing. But some people have had some early reviews. Would you say the early reviews are good, bad, indifferent? Uh, I think that they've they've uh, the, the the reviewers have had a bit of a hard time. Yeah. Because 
it's it's the same device yep. as the original. And so trying to find an angle on that and trying to kind of get your head around the fact that it's it's basically just the same device relaunched. And yes, I know it's got the temperature sensor. I know it's got an S7 chip now. I know it's got you know um, uh, two less tweeters and two less microphones. But in terms of the experience you're getting from it, it is the same. Um, when some when so, someone tells me it's getting less of something, isn't that a little bit more of an alarming thing than it is? Like, yeah, you're getting the same product, but you're getting two less, you know, tweeters and two less uh, woofers that make uh, well should make an impact in audio quality. But Apple does have some pretty good audio engineers out there, and so I would imagine that they'd figure out a way to not lose out on audio quality, which seems to be uh, still. a like a high praise, right, from the reviews? Yes. So supposedly it sounds virtually identical. So if they have made a cost saving there, um, or maybe they just realized that they just didn't need those, those extra tweeters and they didn't need those extra microphones um, in order to, to achieve the, the volume and the, the clarity that, they, that they, they are able to get out of it. Um, and I assume there's some computational stuff going on there as well, because now it's using the S7 chip. Now, the S7 chip is based on uh, the A13, because the S7 is this is a, is the same as an S6, and the S6 is based on the A13. Well, the original HomePod had an A8, so that's a huge jump from the A8 to the A13. Yeah. And in, in that instance, it, it, they must be using that to, to do some more advanced um, computational what, audio. What phone had the A13? That was the iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro, I okay. think. Okay. But that was still quite some time ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, well, as in, um, it, it's it's sort of it's both not that long ago, uh, and also long ago enough that you can see how this technology is now trickling into. Um, well, you, you don't need an A16 for a HomePod, but it is nice to no. jump up. Well, I mean, I'll, I think the A13 is also the chip in the uh, studio display. So it's it's kind of it's 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 I think it's a seven nanometer technology. So it's just before they switched with the A14 to five nanometer. So it's a slightly less efficient, um, slightly older technology. But they should be using that, I assume, to improve the the beamforming um, of the the microphones and able be able to recompense for not having that extra hardware there, um, and do the same with. Uh, with, with the audio itself. I mean, this is, it's, it's diff, it's so difficult to talk about without actually hearing it. Yeah. Without actually I know. Hearing it. But the reviews almost entirely said it just sounds the same. And I believe, I, I do believe that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to get a couple tomorrow and I'm guessing I'm going to have the same thoughts just based off of what everyone else is hearing. I can't imagine that my, my thoughts will differ if that's the case. Um, but I feel like I'm just going to be kind of stuck in that window where it's like, who is this for? This is for people who just didn't get the bigger HomePod, right? Like if you already have a HomePod or maybe you're just looking to get more, like, I don't know if yours is working fine and you're happy with what you've got, it's going to be not for you, right? Like there's no reason to upgrade unless you want more. Yeah. I think that that's, that's part of it, but also I don't even think that this is a customer driven uh, this this is necessarily a customer driven decision to do this in this way. I mean, my theory is that they the, the original HomePod um, was a, was a failure on multiple levels. 
insofar as the hardware just didn't meet Apple's expectations. They overheated um, and the software just wasn't ready. I mean, it had, a, it had what, a seven-month delay over when they first announced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just did not have basic features that you would expect to be present when they launched it. So it didn't get the good reviews when it first launched. There was no voice recognition. There was no stereo pairing. There was no handoff. And handoff still does not work very well at all. Not um, on the big one. Actually, no. don't ever use the minis. Um, do the does does that work well on there? It works I've better because at least it's got the U1 chip, so it yeah. does seem to behave in a more um, uh, in a, in a more expect in a way that you, is a little more how you would expect. But I suppose the point I'm making is that when they when they actually um, they unveiled the HomePod, and then what seven or eight nine months later they finally got them in people's hands, and they were just missing so much functionality. Um, software killed a load of them. They were not able to be easily repaired, and they were very expensive. And then they dropped the price of them, and anyone that was going to to buy one would have already bought one. So you've got HomePods, uh, you know, going for discounted prices at retailers because they just can't get rid of them. And so, in discontinuing the HomePod, they were able to um, drive up interest in the device, build a bit of uh, nostalgia around what they were doing and they've also within that time period been able to get HomePod minis into people's homes and to get people actually interested in the HomePod from that perspective as well um, and they can clear out the inventories they've got um, in all of these big retailers and then they re-release virtually the same device but in a slightly different climate where they can now they can sell it at full price because the stock has been cleared of the old ones and they have got an audience of people that either really enjoyed the sound quality of the, the original an audience that never experienced the original, but now it's finished with software features, or people that enjoy the HomePod Mini um, and are now looking for something a little bit more. It's like now the market is ready for it. Um, it just it wasn't, and so it, it's it's almost like it doesn't matter what people think about it in, in a strange way, and that's why I think it's just the same product. I'm just salty that I still have an unopened one, and this new one isn't different enough for me to sell that at a massive upscale you know like i was thinking ah this is discontinued i've got one that's sealed like this is going to be worth something and i know i know i know i know but um so one thing i i had a i'd never looked into and and you'll know this i'm guessing um the does the the old home pod and this new one work together for stereo pair or no no that's so in the same way you can't can't do it with a mini yeah yeah that but one makes sense. It does, but you also think that if there is different audio hardware, and so that means that the volume is going to be slightly different. The 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 actual the the, the sound you get out of it um, will be uh, it, it will be different. Even 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 insofar as they may sound the same, the way that that audio is processed on each device will be different. And so, for Apple to actually go to the bother of developing. Uh, a stereo pairing algorithm that can balance out the old HomePod and the new HomePod would just be unnecessary, um, considering that it's that's old. I mean, it's an A8. I mean, that 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 is from the iPhone six in what 2013. So they would be developing for something that is. And I know they still give it HomePod OS updates, but Apple isn't in the habit of of uh, you know updating older devices. I know with with the iPhone, we say, oh, they're very good. You know, they, they continue to give software updates years later. There is a huge amount of stuff that does just get abandoned. Um, and 
or at least they don't bring features to them when they definitely could. So even, I don't know, something like live photos when that first came out, there's no reason why they couldn't have brought that to older phones. So they want to encourage you, if you want to create a HomePod stereo pair and you have an original model, you've got to buy two now. You've got to spend $600. It's 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 just classic sort of Apple's strategy. It's exactly what I did too. <laughs> I got to test the stereo pair. Yeah. but What color did you get? I went with white this time because I wasn't convinced that midnight looks any different. And I know people are going to yell at me, but I just don't think it looks any different. It's been interesting to try and see that in some of the review pictures. Um, it just looks it just looks darker, but it doesn't look bluish in the way that a lot of other uh, a lot of the other midnight shades are. Um, I mean, it just it, it just muddles, you know, Apple's color color options even more. So I'm a little concerned about it staining the wood top because that has been another ongoing thing. Uh, yeah. If you remember the original HomePod, the white one stained the bottom of your desk. Apparently, it's I've looked. It's like. Is it untreated or unsealed, like like IKEA wood? Yeah, it's yeah. So it's unsealed wood. So yeah, unsealed, you know, I've got a it. I've got a, a white HomePod there, and that's on you know IKEA wood. But because it's laminate, or at least I think it's you know it's finished wood, it's treated. Um, my white HomePods have never left uh, a mark on anything. Okay. So it's it's got to be you know a natural unfinished wood top. Um, so we should be moving. Yeah. You know, well, that's what I was gonna say. Not... I I feel like if I just like like put some tape on the bottom of the little rubber like some like painters tape and just like no one would ever see it and just put like some strips of painter tape that's the only thing that comes to my mind i guess i could put it on a coaster but like i don't want it to visually look like it's on something um yeah i mean so, just put it on a piece of paper draw cut, around it with yeah like a exactly circle and just there cut out the piece of paper like whatever that's much um, better yeah and if you if you have an untreated wood surface then you will find this with other 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 products as well um yeah it's it's better if you can have a, you know a finished a finished wood piece of furniture um, if you're See, if you're I don't, making that decision. I don't know. So we're moving to a new studio here shortly, and I don't know if any of the new stuff that's coming in is untreated or not, <laughs> or unsealed. I have no idea. And I was I bought white because like the whole look of it's like white and oaky wood kind of thing. It's like light wood and white, and so I thought it would look good there. I don't know. Anyways. So hopefully, um, you know, we'll have a video up on that as well. And, I mean, spoilers, I'm guessing it's just going to be much of the same thing. Uh, but, hey, at least we know they're not giving up on it. And hopefully the future means that we'll get some sort of iPad, HomePod docking system that we've all been wanting, or at least I have been wanting. And I know Hartley is interested in something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's really all that we have about the HomePod. Uh, another thing that happened this week is there's been some foldable iPad rumors, but like things have been very contradictory. Do you want to update everyone on that? Right. Because so, is it happening next year or not is what I want to know. Because I was all excited. This this is really uh, a, very, a very strange one. So obviously for, we've been hearing about a foldable iPhone for years at this point. And then there was this shift maybe around two years ago when we were hearing more about a foldable iPad instead of a foldable iPhone. And we were hearing that Apple's long-term strategy here was to kind of uh, test how it could uh, build a foldable device and test the market with a more expensive 
uh, foldable iPad. So that's been the focus, that the foldable phone is further out. And then earlier this week, we had a report from Ming Chi Kuo, who's um, basically the best uh, Apple, uh, or one of the best Apple display, uh, uh, best Apple supply chain analysts, um, who has an insight into that that side of the uh, the company and has been doing it for an extremely long time. Um, and has said that there is a, a foldable iPad coming next year with a carbon fiber kickstand. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, this too. is <laughs> this is very specific information, and this is yeah. the way that um, Kuo works. Is he's looking at what orders Apple are placing with suppliers. You know, this this is done for um, the purposes of people making investments. I mean, that there is there is money behind. Uh, these these comments they are taken very seriously. These are not uh, they are not to be taken lightly. Um, and because he is he is I would say he's the most um, reliable insofar as obviously Apple's plans change, um, and he is looking at things as they are right now. So if Apple is talking to a supplier right now, he will talk about that. But then Apple may not carry on with that supplier, or it may cancel its plans. Um, but he. He he has a um, you know he does he does he's one of like the top three basically um, yeah. in, in terms of providing accurate information. So you have to you know take it very seriously when he's saying this. Yeah, and but yet, when the top two, <laughs> exactly that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so I'm he's in the to. top three, and I don't know where they rank. It doesn't really matter. But when the other two are coming at you and saying, I don't know if that's going to happen, that makes me sad. Yeah, so that's the other side of it. Is you've got. Uh, Ross Young, who is uh, a display analyst, um, and then you have Mark had Norman him on our show, um, uh, and they say they they're not aware of this for next year. Um, and while they are aware of foldables, these things are further out in the future. So we we talked uh, to to Ross about it on the podcast last year that Apple is working on this sort of um, foldable notebook. Uh, he most recently said it will be twenty point five inches. And it will be a new product category. It won't be a Mac. It won't be an iPad. It's being imagined as something new that you kind of, you can dock it with like a keyboard, but or you can fold it a little and use an on-screen keyboard, um, or you can fold it and use it as a tablet. It's like it's a, it's a whole new uh, product line. Uh, and that is the, the first foldable in the pipeline. Um, and that is 2025 at the earliest. And Ross Young is very accurate. He has had wow. very, very few things that have not panned out um so you you do also have to take that quite seriously yeah especially since that's all display and he is all display that's what makes me like well if he's saying he doesn't hear then i have to kind of listen up a little bit but and then you know mark german on the top of that as well um saying that next year is a year of oled as we were saying you know oled macbook next year we're also going to see oled ipad pros and we're going to see some spec bumps to the ipad mini and the ipad air um, but no foldable iPad in that picture. And yet, this is so specific to say next year, foldable iPad with kickstand, with carbon fiber kickstand. And he knows the suppliers that are going to benefit from that. So the, those discussions are happening. So I hate to put um, you on but, the spot then. Who do you think's right? Uh, I think that... I think that what is wrong is is not the rumor and is not the kickstand. It is the timing. Okay. Um, because if you think Ross Young is saying 2025, 
um, for a 20.5 inch notebook. Um, and Ming-Chi Kuo is saying 2024 for an iPad of undisclosed size. To me, it just makes sense that they're the same device and that it's actually a 2025 thing and not a 2024 thing. So he would he would know when, like he's getting his information from the supplier. So he, they're just saying when they might be done with it, correct? So wouldn't it just be like, we're going to be done with it in 2024, but then when it actually hits shelves, that's on Apple's thing. Well, it's 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 impossible to say without without more information from the man himself. But you know, there, there could be any number of reasons why um, where that information has come from. I mean, it could be that the supplier that's the date that they have been told to uh, anticipate to have these carbon fiber kickstands ready to go. It could be um, that uh, Apple is wanting a large number of prototype units, um, and maybe this is just what he's gauging from what he's seeing. Yeah, uh, but there's every chance that that could be delayed. I mean, you have to remember that we were seeing reports of uh, that. That I mean, the headset. The headset was supposed to release in 2020. You know, we were seeing reports in 2018, 2019. The headsets coming in 2020. So when the dates are quite far out like this, you do have to take them with a pinch of salt. Um, but I am inclined to believe that they're talking about the same device. Everyone is pointing toward a foldable iPad, um, or at least some sort of foldable notebook form factor device. Um, and I'm inclined to believe that that's all the same thing, especially if it's getting a kickstand. You know, we're not going to get an iPad with a kickstand, I don't think. I think it makes sense if it's a new category of device that it has um, new physical features like a kickstand. I mean, I'd really like a kickstand. I think that would make sense, especially if you're if you have a device that, when unfolded, is 20.5 inches. That is that is huge. Yeah, I mean, you would need something like that, like. I mean, when I think of kickstand. I just think of like those little skinny like kickstands that you see on the phone, but I'm guessing this is the entire, like the surface, you know, like the entire yeah. back. Okay. Like in my mind, I'm, I don't know why I keep envisioning just like a little, just a little kickstand that kicks out. I'm like, what is the, that's not going to do anything. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I got excited because it's something new that they don't have. And I just, I was hoping like, I can wait until next year. That's not bad. But 2025, it's like, well, what are we doing here? I don't want to wait. I don't want to talk about it, but Let's just pretend that it's 2024. Um, that would put an iPhone then when? The following year? Or would they give it a few uh, years? So I think Ross Young is the main one that is, has talked about this. And he uh, well, he said to us on the uh, when he was with us on the podcast that um, it was a cover glass issue, that Apple can obtain the foldable cover glass. They don't want to have a, a, you know, a plastic feel. Um, so they want this cover glass to uh, be small enough, and they can't get a good enough yield on foldable displays that small, which is part of the reason why they're going for a foldable iPad first. I mean, there's lots of other good reasons um, as well. But it makes sense that that would follow because the supply chains are then getting used to uh, supplying Apple with in a more limited number um, for a more expensive device. And then you do uh, the the cheaper, smaller, slightly more complicated device a couple of years later. So I think he said 2027. So, Ugh, yeah. God. But by then, that will be two years out, which kind of, yeah, you know, that that sort of makes sense um, when you you know it roughly takes Apple uh, about two years to ramp up um, uh, a product that is in the pipeline, and that would make sense for it to follow roughly, roughly two years later. Um, you know, next year's iPads, they, they're going to have big iPad updates for next year. This on top of it would be a lot considering the iPad Pro is being redesigned for what will be the first time in six years 
you know, that would be a, a pretty big deal next year. Yeah. What is the redesign rumors behind it? We're not sure. Um, or what are the redesign rumors? Yeah. So it, it, it could be uh, that, you know, when we were hearing about this, these, these rumors, they kind of faded away because it was sort of expected. Would it be uh, for the uh, most recent models that we just saw announced with a glass back uh, wireless charging? Um, but it's now looking like the one thing we can count on is slimmer bezels. We can, we'll be getting 13 inches and 11.1 inches. So and Face ID in landscape? Would that be? Uh, you'd hope so. You'd hope so. I think that would make sense when you see that they've done that on the entry level iPad. Um, so well, wasn't the whole thing because of the the way the the pencil charges? Yeah. Um, so that's that's why they didn't make that change then and there. But also, it was a minor it was a minor spec bump. And if you consider that they are f- fundamentally redesigning the device, they can stick the Apple pencil on the side. Yeah, um, that's especially the most sense. you know. It might have two uh, two Thunderbolt ports. Maybe uh, this isn't. I should say this is not a. There's been no reports about that. Um, but that would be my guess if they are redesigning the iPad Pro, a glass back with like a sandwich design, um, kind of like the iPhone, uh, would make sense with wireless charging via MagSafe. Um, maybe two Thunderbolt ports, and then they switch it round to be portrait, uh, no uh, landscape. Um, okay, but you know it's an iPad, so. That's it's. They're not going to be able to make it visually all that different. Well, that comment brings me into my next question: Is why would anyone want a foldable iPad that's twenty and a half inches if it's just at the end of the day going to be just an iPad <laughs> running iPad OS? Which you would think in that much time. Well, it's only a year. Like, how much is it dramatically going to improve? Otherwise, are we just carrying just a is it just an excuse to have an even larger version of an iPad? Because personally, this is where it like makes the most sense to have some sort of different OS for that capability, or the blend of Mac OS and, I- and iPad OS, where it's in its folded state, it's iPad OS, and in its unraveled state, it's Mac OS or something better. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think there's two there's two sides to that, which is. The first is that Apple is definitely interested in just larger iPads. Um, iPads that are the same as we have right now, Boo. running iPad OS, but just bigger. Um, maybe around, I think it w- we've heard some rumors of about 16.2 inches, which would put it roughly where the MacBook Pro is. Um, and there would be some advantages to that. So people that do use the iPad like a computer, that, you know, there are people um, that do that, you know, say... Uh, uh, we had when we had Federico Vitici on um, from Mac Stories. Uh, you know, he lo- he's a, he loves the iPad, um, and I'm sure that those. I mean, even Mark um, Mark German, when we had him on as well, he told us that he uses the iPad Pro as his main computer. So for those kinds of users that you know take the best and the worst of iPad OS, um, I'm sure they would appreciate a larger iPad, um, and that is what Apple is looking to. And also illustrators, graphic designers, people that you know do actually use the iPad with the pencil. They require. Um, that that they just can't get from a Mac, but the other side of that answer is I don't think it's an iPad. Uh, you know, Ross Young is indicating that it is a new, uh, a new class of device, a new product line. Something it's it's it is neither Mac nor iPad. I mean, I expect they're not going to develop a whole new OS for it, but possibly it will be the case that when it is in folded mode, it runs iPad OS, 
and then yes. when it is unfolded yes. onto Mac OS. And Let's this go. is the reason why it's not an iPad. And this is the reason, because Apple is never going to bring Mac OS to the iPad, but there's nothing to say they won't bring Mac OS to whatever this, this new thing is, especially if you can also plug it in and use it as an external monitor, say. It will have functionality that is, I mean, I don't know, but I'm saying if you assume that it is a completely different device with completely different uses in mind, then you can kind of see how that might start to make a little more sense. That last one is what, that's, that's what I want. I want that. I don't want a larger iPad. I get it. And there, I mean, I don't know. If that's what you want, you want a larger iPad, then maybe Apple will make that. But in this in this time frame where we have a foldable, like, I don't know. I just think it's time to innovate and do something better. And if you're going to go through all that and, you know, make a large folding device, then it should have its own software to, like, differentiate. Because I'm sure it's not going to be cheap. I'm... Oh, yeah. Sure, it's going to be north of two grand at least, right? Well, if it's if it's that big, I mean, 20.1 inches. That's the largest that's be... device they have that's mobile. Uh, that's the yeah, largest I mean, that's... device they have, period. I mean, the iMac is 24 inches. So you're okay, yeah, yeah, you're to, right, you're right, right, right. To, to iMac size um, with that. And also OLED and foldable and probably with ProMotion. And then that's not even, you know, that's before you even start to get into the other hardware. Accessories, you're going to need, you know, you're going to need a, a hardware keyboard, some sort of keyboard thing. I don't know. Mouse-related yeah. thing, magic keyboard accessory that kind of fits onto that and folds with it. Yeah, it'll be cool. I'm 100% on board for something like that. I mean, I would still get a larger folding iPad, too, because, well, it's our job, but also it just seems intriguing. Um but yeah, I just I think it would be cool if I can like replace my iPad and my Mac into one thing. And I mean, I guess there's really nothing stopping me. We've had this conversation so many times. Besides my editing software of choice, there's really nothing stopping me from using an iPad full time. Um, but this would really change things for sure if it was just going to blend the two options together somehow. Uh, but yeah, I mean, most importantly when is it coming is the real question. And when I was making our video about that, I had to like scroll down and look at the multiple updates in our articles and references. It's like, well, hold on now. We have two people of, you know, high importance saying, uh, well, I don't think it's coming in 2024 or we have not heard that. I guess they never really said no. They just said, we have not heard that, which is no, but. Yeah, and and I suppose especially from Ross Young in particular, who has put a lot of emphasis on what he thinks will be the first foldable, yeah. he he more or less is saying no. But I think it's a more plausible explanation is that these are the same device. Um, you know, sometimes when when things don't quite fit in, it's just that there's been uh, you know crossed crossed wires. I mean, for example, take when we were hearing that the Apple Watch Series Eight would have a flat display uh, glass. That was a rumor we were hearing uh, early last year. And then it was coming out that the Apple Watch Series 8 would not have this squared off redesign and would look uh, the same. And so everyone was thinking, well, how does that fit in? You know, an Apple Watch with a flat display, how does that, how does that fit in here? But of course, it was the Apple Watch Ultra. We just weren't aware of that at that time. So sometimes it can be that the, the timing's just a little out, or there's a there's a missing piece 
Um, and I, I think that's what's happening uh, with Kuo here. I think it's more the, the thing you can take more seriously is probably the carbon fiber kickstand. I just like how really specific that is. It's not just a kickstand. It's a carbon fiber kickstand, which, I mean, good little info to know, I guess. And you know it's going to be light. That's the whole point. Um, what I mean, man, I don't even know what this would even look like. I'm just assuming just an iPad that can fold in half, but a larger version. I don't know. I don't know. Anything else you want to add to that? Anything else that excites you about that? Uh, well, I think it's exciting to see a product line that is a little bit more in Apple's traditional area of expertise. Because if we look ahead and we look ahead to what we're expecting from Apple in the next five years, we're expecting to see a lot that is very much out of what seems to be the company's comfort zone. So we've got the headset, we've got the car as well. You know, these these are not things that um, Apple is ostensibly known for doing, and it will be interesting to see how they even tackle uh, a headset. And we, you know, we talk about smart home stuff. You know, the HomePods have obviously not been uh, the, the success that they perhaps should have been. Um, but you know, a, a brand new kind of like Home OS with an integrate with integrated FaceTime and uh, a soundbar is interesting, and it and it, it does uh, excite me, but. Apple reimagining how basic, like a uh, desk computer, uh, a basic, a basic sort of um, you know desk experience should be. Um, that is interesting because that is what Apple is known for. I mean that that is that is a product line that is that should be exactly where they are. I have no I have well, yeah. no doubt um, that they will that they will get that right. Um, and so I suppose that's that's what makes it more interesting to me when you look at Apple's roadmap. So, I mean, the reason why it's also taking so long is they're trying to do something that, I mean, technically, does it technically exist? Is it going to be similar to like, I don't know if people know this, but I saw it at CES and it's actually out and you can buy it now. Um, and spoiler, I think one is coming to me very, very soon. The LG OLED Flex monitor. It's like a I think it's 49 inches or something like that, but it's literally an OLED TV slash monitor that can flex itself and curve itself. And then if you want to go flat, it flattens itself. So like that's real glass. It's not plastic. Cause if you think about foldables now, you mentioned earlier, like that's, it's basically plastic with like a little layer of glass, right? I believe is how Samsung does it. Um, and other companies, but like there's durability issues when it comes to that kind of thing. And, you know, with the S Pen, they just now started doing that where you can write on it. But like, can you really draw on it and write on it like the way you'd want to without risking any damage? Because there has been damage and people have seen creases and lines and things. And also they don't want that crease that Samsung has. I know that's been like a another issue. And so is is that what's holding everything up? Is basically just inventing something that doesn't technically exist right now? I think it's that it, it 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 technically exists, but it's that they can't get the uh, the supply chain uh, yeah, there. To meet that so scale. The, the 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 yield of it is not good enough, and it would be far too expensive. And you know, the Apple, as much as we make fun of you know how Apple prices things, they don't actually want to you know, offer a foldable iPad for seven thousand um, dollars. So, are you, are they, you sure? <laughs> 
Well, they they may they may want to, but no one would buy it, and they make they wouldn't make much profit on it. You know, if no. they can't, if they if the yields are seriously low, um, and if then no one buys it, no one will develop for it. Uh, they they know that they've got to kind of hit uh, a certain price point, and also I suppose you know everything at Apple right now is going for the headset. Um, all of their developers, I say, well, I say all of them, obviously not all of them, but a significant number of their developers are focused on the headset. And even uh, other projects like the the car are taking up an increasing amount of their attention. So if they're developing a whole new form factor, they need the time to be able to, let's get the headset out the door. Let's get the second generation of the headset out the door. Let's mature that platform. I mean, we heard quite recently that the Apple glasses have been postponed indefinitely which to me makes sense because how can they develop all of these um, completely new products um, simultaneously? These things have to be staggered. Um, well, they so have a lot of know, money. So, I mean, that helps. Yeah. But then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a question of finding talent and yeah. uh, keeping things private and having the, the space for people to work and to be able to manage it. Um, I mean, I wish they would hire more developers. Um, there's why, a lot of developers out there who are looking for jobs too. I mean, there's plenty of people in the talent pool that they can, you know, I, I, I don't know. I personally just keep coming back to like comments on foldable iPad videos that we've done and, and comments on the website. And I personally just thought if Sam, if Apple just made a Samsung Galaxy Fold, but an iPhone Fold, if they just took the same thing that they're doing, crease and all, and just made it their own shape of an iPhone and put their own, you know, slightly custom iPhone software, iOS on there. Uh, I thought it would sell really, really well. But the comments I see on all of these things, people don't really, I, I feel like there's a lot of apprehension and like people saying, eh, I don't think a foldable is for me. I personally think that's wrong. Uh, I think people are just saying things because Apple doesn't have one. But if you're a big Apple fan, like most of the people that read and watch our stuff, I feel like once they see one and once they understand the the like, I really like a, a, a Galaxy Fold, and I think a lot of people who have one like it. And I think once you actually use that in the software and ecosystem that you enjoy, I think your thoughts would change. And so, in my mind, if they just made something like that and released it, I think it would sell really well personally. But I know they got to do it their own way. And well, you know, they, they, they released a $20 polishing cloth. It sold really well. You know, they didn't have to, they didn't really have to do anything. Which, by the way, so, I uh, think it sucks. I think the polishing cloth sucks. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I think it's horrible. I don't think it's any good. It's a good cloth. I don't no, know, it's I don't not. Know what your problem is that, that. No, it's not. It's not a good cloth. It does it not is. do a good, it does not clean anything. And if you put any kind of screen cleaner that's not, you know, isopropyl alcohol or whatever on your screen, it doesn't Why are you do screen cleaner that is not isopropyl alcohol. I don't know because I'm an idiot and bought something and thought it would work fine. You should follow the instructions. And, yeah, well, you know, that's part do of that's do a, a circular motion with the cloth. You have to apply enough pressure, and it will work. You know, it will work great. I don't want to apply it's a good pressure. Cloth. It's not a good cloth. It's not good, and it collects so much dust when it just sits around. I have one right here. This is a horrific cloth. But you, but you're, not, you're not meant to leave any cloths out. You're meant to put them away. Otherwise, they do get covered in dust. Well, where am I supposed to put it that wouldn't collect dust? It, it, it comes a little like you can. I'm not putting it back in. I'm not re-putting it back into that. That's long gone. So you know what? Fine. Call it like it is and call me out for being not using it properly. But I 
promise you, most people that bought this do not put this back in the same pouch. They do what I do. And they put it back on their desk or in a drawer, which less dust in a drawer, but still dust. And then when I go to wipe something off with it, everything that was wiped off on this still is on here. And then when I go to wipe it on the next one, it just leaves the dust on that next screen. Well, I, I think you're out of your mind, Dan. I think this is your, your worst take I, I've ever heard from you on this podcast. I think it sucks. I hate it. I think this is better, whatever this is. I think it. I think I don't know why I have these all just sitting right here. I swear I didn't plan this. It just <laughs> happens to be here. <laughs> I've got a lot of weird, random stuff on this desk that if you guys ever were to know, and I fidget a lot during these podcasts. I'm like playing with this camera cover. I don't know. I this, this stinks. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. And so, well, yeah. I mean, you, you're wrong. So that's fine. I'm wrong do, about a lot we, of things. We do have to say it. We do. We do have to say it. <laughs> I'm wrong um, about know, a lot of things. It's the most Apple product in in years. No, it's not. Oh, it it is. People it's, people love it. It gets memed to 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 high heavens. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point of it. Yeah. I don't know. And also, like, sorry, I'm gonna keep. I could talk about this for another twenty minutes. Like. When you go to wipe it, it just sticks. It doesn't have any, like, it's it doesn't do it. It doesn't move with my, how many times have you gone to wipe, like, your MacBook screen, and you go to move it, and it just, like, slot, your hand slides off, and this doesn't move. No, because you meant to, you so meant much to grip friction. You want to grip it, and then, you know, like, use your thumb through the cloth. You're not meant to just you know, wipe the whole thing, because you're never going to get enough pressure. You need to, and if you use like an individual finger through the cloth, then what you're able to do is apply enough yeah, pressure like, on a small like, surface. Yeah, area. like your thumb, like this, yeah, and then yeah. put. Yeah, I, I do that, and and, and, and I see, I still fine. see the, you know, a lot of my things that I'm cleaning off on my screen. Sorry to get gross, but it's my own spit from when I'm talking, and like it gets on your screen, um, and then. That's really it. That's the only thing that I need to wipe off. Dust isn't really that, you know, it doesn't accumulate that much on a MacBook at least. Um, so, like, when you're, when you're trying, you can't put enough pressure. So, you have to put some sort of, like, alcohol on there. And I don't even know. Is that in the, is that the instructions? Pressure. The pressure's not coming from the cloth. The pressure's coming from you. Yeah, but, like, I'm afraid I'm going to break this thing. On a MacBook? Break the cloth? No. <laughs> the MacBook screen. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm done. This thing stinks. I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm sure I am wrong. I just don't like it. No, it's it's a good cloth. Um, you know, other cloths are available, but you know, yeah. if you buy if you buy that cloth, it should serve you very well for many years. One of the best Apple devices of whenever it was, like 2020, 2021. You're, tr- you're trolling us. You're trolling. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the end of this podcast. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. 
Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 